0: His word stands final and forever. It will not be shaken, for he alone has won it all. Hey, that's a reason to get together today, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Miss Sandy. He alone has won it all. His word stands final and forever. It will not be shaken, for he alone has won it all. And there is joy to be had in the house of the Lord because of that. Amen. There's joy to experience here, to gather together, even on a Sunday after Thanksgiving, or we're all full. We're all stuffed of stuffing, um, and a great Sunday to preach on uh, gluttony, and I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, y'all. That was a lot funnier in the first service. Um, Psalms 62. Psalms 62, verses 7 through 12 is where we'll be today. Austin did a fantastic job last week with Psalms uh, 62, verses 1 through 6, and we're going to finish that chapter out today, and I'm so excited to be gathered here. I commend you for being here this Sunday after Thanksgiving. I mean, it rained yesterday. You had a lot of excuses as to why not to come, but you're here to study God's Word. You're here to worship in the house of the Lord with the body of believers here. Uh, So I want to thank you for being here because he is worth that. He's worth us showing up. He's worth us being together. He's worth us pouring over Scripture. He's worth us uh, shouting out to the Lord. He's worth us singing loud uh, to him. So I commend you for being here today. Um, Our worship team does a phenomenal job, don't they? This team is awesome. They, they work hard. Yeah, give them a round of applause. These guys are here as volunteers to uh, just make an excellent worship experience. They're here to lift up the name of Jesus, but also to lead you in worship. And I believe they do both of those very, very well. Um, it's a big team. There's a lot that happens up here. There's a lot that goes on. Uh, so I always want to thank them. And I thank Mr. Darrell and James and David, who's back there behind the scenes, making our live stream work, if you're tuning in with us there. Uh, There's just a lot that goes into this, so I believe that uh, we should give thanks to those that thanks is due too. So uh, thank those guys when you get a chance. Thank the team when you get a chance. Um, I want to thank Kevin for allowing me to do this, for trusting me to do this. Um, Kevin has has had a a time where he's been able to be a church member the past two weeks, and I think that's important. Uh, He's gotten to come to church. I told the first service that he'd be here in the second service. And he's got to go to a grow group class, and that's important for him to get that. So thank you, Kevin, for allowing us to do this, and thank you for taking a vacation. We're, we're really proud of you, man, uh, for doing that. He, he loves to preach the Word of God, and I'm, I'm glad my pastor wants to preach the Word of God all the time. Um, so he needs a break, and we're glad to give that to him. So Austin and I have been excited about this. Uh, we got to sit down together and kind of pour over Scripture and see what the Lord would have said through us. And like I said, Austin did a fantastic job last week. Uh, with reminding us to rest in God alone, uh, reminding us that our, our refuge, our strength is in God alone. And so we're going to finish that out today um, going off of what Austin set for us last week, and I'm very excited for that. Um, but I think it's worth saying every time that I'm, I'm here, and this is not my, not my comfort zone, but that's okay. Every time that I'm here, I just want to remind myself and you that the only good thing about me is Jesus. That's it. The only good thing about me is Jesus. The only reason that I'm standing here is Jesus. I'm reminded of the words of, of Paul when he said, uh, not that I've already obtained this, not that I've arrived, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ, hold, Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. And that's the only reason that I'm here is because Jesus Christ has changed my life, and I want to talk about him this morning. I believe he's worth that, right? I believe he's worth us studying his Word. So let's do that together. Um, let's stand and read this. We'll pour over it. We'll get every last bit of what we can get out of this. I'm so excited for this. Um, God's word never returns forward. God's word is always powerful, and it's always worth our attention. Um, and it's worth honor. That's why we stand. That's why we do this. It's not just a ritual that we do. We stand just because we want to recognize that this is God's perfect word to us. Uh, we want to respect that. We want to make sure that we are uh, being challenged by this that make sure that we are doing all that we can to to get the most out of what God would say. To us today, So let's do that. Let's read this passage. 7 through 12 of Psalm 62. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. Low-born men are but a breath. The high-born are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or take pride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard that you, O God, are strong, and that you, O Lord, are loving. Surely you reward each person according to what he has done. God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that it does stand final and forever. Lord, we thank you that you have won it all. And because of your finished work, we can gather here. We can. Lord, put our trust in you. We can put our faith in you because you are nothing but faithful. You've always been faithful. Lord, get me out of the way in this time. Let anything that I would want to say outside of you fall by the wayside. Father, we are here for King Jesus to grow more into the likeness of your son. Bless this time. Make it fruit for your, for your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. And be seated. So I mentioned that Austin did a fantastic job last week of the first six verses of this. Um, he reminded us of our strength, our rest, our hope is in God alone. And we, we, he referenced in Christ Alone, the song last week, and um, I'm excited about this. that He, he introduced this idea that David um, has told the people what to do, but he's also reminded himself what to do. He started that there in uh, verse 5, find rest, O my soul, in God alone. He's telling himself that, and he continues that, um, talking to himself, reminding himself of God uh, what God has done, what God will do here in verse 7. My salvation and my honor depend on God. For he is my rock, my mighty refuge. He's reminded himself that again. Um, so I've titled this this morning is, is pour it out. Now we'll talk about what that means. We'll talk about how we do that. I want to answer a couple questions in regards to that. First off, what does it mean to pour it out? How do we do it? And then why do we do it? W- what does that mean to pour it out? So number one on your handout there is because he can handle it. He can handle it. Anything that you can pour out before him, anything that that you can bring to him, he can handle it, church. That's verses 7 through 8. I just read 7. Let me remind us of 8 here. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. So he's reminded himself that in verse 7, that God is my mighty rock, my mighty refuge. And then he's addressing, he shifts back to the people here in verse 8. Trust in him at all times. Our refuge can handle our brokenness. If you're filling in your blanks there, that's the first two. Our refuge can handle our brokenness. And I know that we say it a lot around here. I know our pastors said it. I know that if you've been in a lot of Bible studies here at Wemo, you're going to hear this, that bring your broken. Bring all that you are, all that you're not, all that you're worried about, all that you're scared of, all that you've got together, and pour it out to Jesus. Lay it down before him because he can handle it. A lot of you have been through things that I can't even imagine. A lot of you are broken. A lot of you have been broken. I just want to remind you this morning of something that you probably know, but Jesus can handle that. He's not just a Sunday God, even though we're sometimes Sunday Christians. He's an always God. He never takes a break from being faithful. And he never stops being able to handle your brokenness. So you can bring that this morning. So number one, we, we can pour it out because he can handle it. Our refuge can handle our brokenness. First Peter 5, 7 says this, to cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I love that word all because it's pretty self-explanatory. It's not some of it. It's not bring, bring, occasionally bring some of your anxiety, your worries, your stress before the Lord because he might be able to do something with it. Now the scripture is clear. Bring, cast all of your anxiety. You can say bring all of your broken and give it to him because he cares for you. The creator of the universe, the Lord of all creation, the God that does not abide in time, the God that does not think like we do, the God that's above all, that created each one of us, cares for you. He cares for me. If you don't get anything else out of today, find rest and, and good news in that, that Jesus Christ cares for you. The God of the universe, Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he cares for you. And he cares so much about you that he says, bring that, bring that ugly stuff, bring that anxiety, bring that depression, bring all that brokenness and give it to me. Our culture today is is so anxiety filled, it's so stress filled, it's so depression filled. But God's wanting to rid us of that. He's wanting us to just lay it down to him because he says he can handle it because he cares for you. You have a quote there on your handout from Spurgeon and I love this. Really, really think about this as we read it. Pour it out as water, not as milk, whose color remains, not as wine whose savor remains, not as honey, whose taste remains, but as water of which when it's poured out, nothing remains. If you're drinking a glass of milk and you and you pour the rest of it out, you know you get to that bottom bit and the it's warm, and no one wants to drink that last bit right there. So you pour that out. There's still that film of milk in that cup, right? Am I the only one that's ever drank milk in this place? You pour it out, and there's still that film of milk there. It's, it's hard to get rid of. You have to actually wash it to get rid of it. There's still that film there that remains. And Spurgeon right here is saying, don't pour out like that. Don't pour out and try to hang on to something. Pour it out as water. When you turn a glass of water over, it empties. You turn a glass of water over, empty it all out, then you set it on a counter to dry, it's going to dry, and there's going to be no trace of water left in that cup. That's how Spurgeon is encouraging us to pour ourselves out to God. Not to say, God, here's... of me, but let me keep this film of anxiety. Here's most of me, but let me hang on to this stuff because sometimes we find comfort in that stress. Sometimes we find comfort in that depression. We're not willing to say, God, here is all of it. No film, no trace, no smell, nothing of that. Pour it out as water where none of that is left because he can handle it. Psalm fifty-one, seventeen. Miss April quoted this in uh, grow group. She actually tried to take every verse out of my sermon in grow group. So I appreciate that, Miss April. Um, Psalm fifty-one, seventeen. David reminds himself again. He's talking to himself here, and he says this: "My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit; a broken and contrite heart, God, you will not despise." God can handle your broken. He can take it. He wants to take it. Verse eight there begins with trust in Him at all times. David reminds the people that our God is full-time trustworthy. He doesn't take a break from being trustworthy the same way he doesn't take a break from being faithful. He is full-time trustworthy. He's full-time able to take your biggest fears, your biggest doubts, and handle them. He's capable of that. Our circumstances, uh, Savannah shared this just a little bit ago, our circumstances do not change his consistency. Whatever you're going through does not change who our God is. He's always faithful. He's always able to take Whatever it is you have from you. He's always able to take whatever it is you want to bring and give to him. But we have to bring it. What a God that would allow us that opportunity. But we have to bring it. We have to lay it down. We have to get rid of that film. That rid of that last bit of, of something that we just want to grab and hold to. It. He's saying lay it all down. Just like we empty out a glass of water. Our circumstances do not change His consistency. He is always trustworthy so we can always pour our hearts out to him. You know, he cares about you. He cares about your thoughts. He cares about your concerns. He cares about your worries, your, your doubts. He can handle your doubt. Our God is a big God, amen? And he can handle your doubt. Hebrews 10, another one that April stole, stole from me in Grow Group this morning, uh, says, Let us draw near to God. With a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. And having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. That means an honest heart. That means a heart that's, that's vulnerable before the Lord. A heart that's not holding anything back. Draw near to God with a sincere heart. I, I love that scripture said he'll draw near to us. We draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. That verse goes on to say, um, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies fully washed with pure water. Do you know that he poured it out for you? He poured out every ounce of blood in his body. When they stabbed his side, there was no, no trace of blood in his body. He poured it out for you. We'll talk about that more in a minute. So number one, why do we pour it out? What does that mean? How do we do it? We do it because he can handle it. Number two, which is pretty self-explanatory, we do it because we pour it out to him because man and things cannot handle it. Man and things cannot handle us pouring ourselves, our fears, our worries into them, even though we try to do that a lot, right? We try to depend on things, on people, but those things and those people were never meant to handle something that only God can handle. Those things and those people were never meant to handle something that's God-sized. Some of you have been through things that are God-sized problems. And pouring yourself into money, drink, people can never handle it. It's always going to leave you unsatisfied. 1 Timothy six seventeen, Paul says, Command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment, for everything for our need. We tend to pour into man and money because of hope and a tangible payout. We tend to pour into man and money because of hope and a tangible payout. Um, we, we like tangible results. I mentioned this in the first service. James reminded me, James Marlin reminded me that he's back in the weight room. So if you want to talk to him about that, he's back in the weight room. Uh, watch out. James is throwing some weight around. Okay, But I, I was thinking about that. What keeps us from, from staying consistent in maybe a diet or staying consistent in a workout program? And it's a lot of times it's results, right? That first day you're back in the gym, that first day you're on a diet, you, know, you go look in the mirror and you're like, I don't really see much happening there day one into this, this diet, day one of this workout. Yeah, you've been at it a day, right? There's no tangible result there. And that's why a lot of us, you know, January 3rd, after we have our New Year's resolution on January 1st, that's why a lot of us will fall out of the gym, fall out of our, our diet, because the results aren't immediate. We tend to put our hope, we tend to pour into things hoping for a tangible payout, hoping for tangible results. But man and money can't provide that. That's why we go into those things. We, we try to get tangible results because we can see that bank account growing or we can see that person talking to us and maybe caring about our, our, our depression or whatever we're pouring out on them. We want to see them bear that. But that's something that they were never meant to bear. That's something that money can't bear. The Bible doesn't say to cast all your anxiety into money because it cares for you. Your money don't give a rip about you. Your money can't handle your brokenness. Your money can't handle someone else's brokenness. We cast all our anxiety before the Lord because he cares for us. And i got to admit, there's a lot of people that don't give a root about you as well. That you want to throw your burdens on, that you want to cast your anxiety upon, and they weren't meant to bear that burden either. The Hebrew word for this, this phrase, pour out, is, and I butchered this first service, y'all. I am from Tanner Williams, Alabama, and I remind y'all that every time I preach, that I quote Hebrew. Now, but he, The Hebrew word for pour out here is shafak. And it means to spill forth or to expend. I love this this to expend phrase. It means to expend life, soul, complaint, or money. Pour it out. Pour it out. If our hope is in man and money, we will always be let down. It'll always leave us feeling empty. It'll always leave us feeling unresolved. God alone can bear that. God alone is meant to to take on what we can pour out. Not man, not money, not things. Our hope, if our hope is in man and money, we will always be let down. People will let us down because they were never meant to be our hope. Listen to this quote from David Guzik. David knew what it was to see riches increase and he knew the foolishness of setting one's heart on them. Where do we first see David in scripture? Right? He's a shepherd. Not exactly raking in the big bills, right? He's, he's moving some sheep around. He, he is lowly. And then throughout Psalm, throughout the the history of David, we see that he is a king. That he doesn't want for anything, tangibly. He doesn't want for anything. He has riches. He has the wives. He has all these different things. But this quote here says, David knew what it was to see riches increase. He had seen over his life those riches increase. The things that we can put our, our hope in. He'd seen those things increase. But he also knew the foolishness of setting one's heart on them. Let's read eight and, uh, 9 and 10 again. Low-born men are but a breath, but a vapor, some versions say. The high-born are but a lie. You could say the, the poor man, the rich man there. If weighed on a the balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath, only a vapor, some versions that you may have say. Do not trust in extortion or take pride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Your heart was never meant to be set on things of this world. Your heart was never meant to be set on a tangible payout. Your heart was meant to be set on the Lord because he alone can handle anything you can bring to him. Matthew 6, 24 says this. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And if today you're sitting there and you have a problem with someone in the pulpit talking about money, just know that I'm quoting Jesus so you have a problem with Jesus and not me. Because that verse right there is in red. And I love that Jesus does this. He takes this analogy of a servant trying to serve two masters, but he, then he says, oh, I know Grayson probably wouldn't understand that. So he simplifies it at the end of the verse by saying, you cannot serve both God and money. He goes through this analogy of, of this servant trying to serve two masters. He says, you can't do that because you'll love one and despise the other or despise one and love the other. And then he simplifies it for people like me, simple-minded folks. And he says, you cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve two masters. Are you answering to your money or are you answering to a holy God today? Are you answering to a person? Are you living your life for a person? Or are you living your life for the Lord today? Are you trying to pour your brokenness into uh, an addiction? Are you trying to pour your brokenness into a, a relationship? Only God can bear that brokenness. Only God can, can bear that anxiety that you have, that, bear that depression that you have. People, things, weren't meant to bear those things. You cannot pour yourself into God and money. If we're singing in Christ alone but living for things alone, then we are deceiving ourselves and being disobedient to a holy God. Let me say that again because you didn't get that. If we're singing in Christ alone but living in things alone, then we are deceiving ourselves and being disobedient to a holy God. Does your life look like Christ alone? Does your life look like things alone? Does your life look like I have to get to this number alone? Does your life look like I have to date this person alone? Does your life look like we have to have this house alone? You can't sing in Christ alone and live in things alone and be obedient to a holy God. can't happen. It won't happen. And don't you think our God's worth more than that? Our God's worth more than us living for things alone. Our God is worth us pouring every bit that we have, the good, the bad, and the ugly, at his feet. Say, God, do with me what you will. Your next breath is on loan from heaven. What are you doing with it to honor God? What are you doing to live your life worthy of the calling that you received, as Scripture says? And we've all received a calling. All of us. If you surrender your life to Jesus, you've received a calling to make much of his name. To grow in righteousness, to put on his righteousness. What are you doing to live that out? We can't sing in Christ alone and live in things alone and be obedient to a perfect God who laid it all out for us. So pour it out. Number one, because he can handle it. Number two, because man and things cannot. They were never meant to. Number three, we see because we will give an account. All of us. Everyone you've ever known. Everyone you haven't known. All of us will give an account before a holy God. The Bible says we'll be judged by every idle word. That's terrifying, right? Every idle word. We will give an account to God one day for how we poured out our life, for who we poured our life into, for what we poured our life into. And I just gotta say, I've, I've wasted a lot of, of me on things. I don't wanna waste me. I wanna pour everything I have before the Lord. I don't wanna get there and stand before him one day and have to go down this long list of things that I tried to fill his place with. I don't want that. Now, I know there's gonna be A long list that I do have to account for. But I want to get to the feet of Jesus. Hey, empty. Nothing left in the tank. I want to get to the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I I gave it all. I I gave you my brokenness. I gave you the hurt. I gave you the good times, the bad times. Lord, I, I I want to be able to say this. I want to be able to say, Lord, I left it all here for you. There's going to be things that I have to give an account for. There's going to be things that you have to give an account for. Once again, right here in these two verses, 11 and 12, uh, David is reminding himself of God's strength and love. You may have his his strength and mercy. Let's read those, 11 and 12. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard, that you, O God, are strong and that you, O Lord, are loving. Surely you reward each person according to what he has done. We're going to give an account. Let's look at this right here. Look at the end of verse 11, that you, O God, are strong, that you, O Lord, are loving. Again, some of your versions may have, you, O God, are merciful. Praise God for his mercy, amen? Where would I be but the mercy and the grace of God? Where would any of us be but for the mercy and grace of God? That's the reason to wake up in the morning. I share with a lot of guys that I meet with every week, and maybe some of you, I've said this too as well, but... The Lord's been dealing with me a lot about his grace and what that is. For a long time, for the longest time, I've just thought of his grace as just forgiveness. And it is. Grace is forgiveness. But God's grace is also motivation for the believer. God's grace is also the reason that we can endure as believers. God's grace, if you have put your faith in Almighty God, God's grace is the reason to wake up and tell someone about Jesus. To tell what his grace has done in your life to tell what his mercy has done in your life, to tell your story, to say, this is how I was, but praise God through his grace and mercy, that's not who I am. Pour it out. Because he can handle it, because things, people cannot, because we will give an account. George Horne said this, to all mankind, therefore, the prophet here recommends meditation on these two most interesting subjects. Listen to this. The power of God to punish sin and his mercy to pardon it. Fear of the former will beget desire of the latter. The power of God to punish sin and his mercy to pardon it. Praise God I'm not getting what I deserve. I deserve death and hell. That's what I deserve. I deserve to spend eternity separated from God. But the mercy and grace of Jesus, is right here. But the mercy of grace And grace of Jesus to pardon my sin. To make me a new creation like Corinthians says. Have you experienced that? Do you know what that is? Have you poured yourself out before a holy God? All of it. Listen to me. All of it. And said God here is every ounce of me. Not here is my Sunday go to meeting. But here is all of me. Here is my past. My present. Lord here is my worries about the future. God here is all of it. I'm laying it down at your feet because he alone can handle it. Because man and things cannot. Because I'll give an account for how I've laid it down. I've given an account for how I've poured it out. Romans 14, 10 through 12 says this, You then, why do you judge your brother and sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God, so then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. I'm so glad that scripture is so clear about all, because I would be trying to find a way to get out of that. That's me. I'd be trying to fight, figure out a way that I get around that. But all of us, we will all stand before God's judgment seat. Don't you want to hear well done? 2 Corinthians 5.10 says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so then each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Are you ready to give that account? Are you going to be able to say before a holy God, God, I poured it out. My fears, my doubts, my worries. Lord, my good things, I poured it out for you. I emptied myself. Are you ready to give that account? Let's look at how God did that. Let's look at how Jesus did that. God poured out the wrath that we deserved on Jesus. Jesus poured out his blood to sacrifice for our sin. What is stopping you today from pouring everything you are out to a holy God? God poured out the wrath that we deserved onto Jesus. Jesus poured out his blood so that I didn't get that wrath. What are you not pouring out today? What do you need to pour out today before a holy God? I can't help but just continually, continually think about that he's worth it. There's so many things that we know that we should do that we don't do. And I think that we lose track of of our motivation of that should just be because he's worth it. Because we haven't got what we deserved. Because I want to be obedient. That's why we do these things. So look at your life. Think about your life. And that analogy of pouring out milk, of pouring out honey, of pouring out wine, there's always things that are left. Is that your life? Are the things that you're holding back and saying, God can't handle this. Surely God doesn't want to see this. Hey, he's seen it. He knows about it. And he wants you to drop it at his feet. You're saying, Lord, there's there's stuff that I I have to have. Lord, this anxiety, I have to cling to it. He's saying, no, you don't. Cast all your anxiety on me because I care for you. That's what the Lord says. So as we close, the band's going to come, and I'm excited about how we're doing this, about how we're doing this time of invitation. You could call this, a, a, this song that we're fixing to sing a, a time of response, and it is, but I really want this to be a time just of obedience, We've already worshipped through songs. some. We've worshipped through the word. Now look at your life. Think about your life. Are you completely poured out before the Lord? Is there anything that you would say in your life that, that that's mine? i got to have that. Lord, I've given you 85%, but I need this 15 held back for me. Is there anything in your life? Would you stand with me? Think about what you're pouring yourself into. Is it man? Is it money? Is it things? Are you trying to pour into those things? Those tangible things that we can see? Only God can handle what we need to pour out. Do you not know what any of this means? Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard of the redemption of the gospel. You've ever heard the word grace. You've ever heard the word mercy. Do you need to pour yourself out to Jesus today for the first time? I tell you what, this church would celebrate that, wouldn't we, church? We'd absolutely celebrate that. Maybe you need to do that today for the first time. Maybe you would say that I've poured myself out to Jesus. I've made a decision, but there's things that have crept their way into my life, and I need to get these altars and get on my face before God and pour them out to him. These altars are open during this time. If you need to do that, you do that. Maybe you're saying, I've never followed through with believer's baptism. I've kept that back. I know that's obedience, but I've never followed through with that. Let's make that happen. Maybe it's church membership. We want you to be a part of us here. We're not perfect. We don't claim to be, but we'll let you join us. Whatever it is that God is doing in this time in your life, whatever it is that, that came to your mind, when we've talked about what's, what's not poured out at his feet. Don't leave today. Bring your broken. He can handle it. Don't leave today cl- clinging to those things. Don't leave today with that film and that glass. Pour everything out to him, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And watch what he can do when we get to walk in freedom. Watch what he can do when when you walk in obedience. After that, watch who you can affect and impact when you walk like that. So we're going to sing. And at any point in this song, you come see me. Come see Kevin. Come see Austin. Come see a a church member. If you need to go to someone during this time, you do that. But we're going to sing. We're going to worship. Maybe today that's what you need to do is just worship Almighty God. Just cry out to him. But during the song, we're going to do that. I'm going to pray, and if you need to make one of these decisions, if you need to fill these altars, then do it. Jesus, you're worthy of us pouring everything out before you. Father, you're worthy of our all. You're worthy of our broken. You're worthy of us laying it down. Father, these things that we've mentioned were not meant to satisfy something only you can. God, you are perfect, you are faithful, and you're worthy of our all. Lord, if someone needs to do that today, I pray that you would convict them. I pray that they would come up here Lord, they'd surrender. Lord, they could nail down that today is the day that I left it all at Jesus' feet. Lord, we give you this time. Help us to be instantly obedient to whatever you call us to. In Jesus' name, amen.